This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Cicero. Yes. The former chief offside correspondent has really taken this hard. Is it getting worse? What What now? Tell me. Is he going to need counseling? He said, I haven't been fired since the 1980s. This oh, is boy. starting to hurt. I just took my official offside correspondent to Cal off the back window of my car. Oh, it's boy. been fun. See you in the funny papers. Or at the funny farm. <laughs> Wow. First, of all, fired, he was first of all, he was not fired. Yeah. Right. He was not fired. Kelsey was merely promoted. Right. You know, uh, you can still find the chief offsite correspondent with the bb.onward right. at gmail.com. That's the uh, bulletin board continues to live. It was ran in print for ages in the Pioneer Press, and it continues to live online at bb.onward at gmail.com. I'm, I'm sorry he's taking it so hard. Jeez. Hey, welcome to the biz. Yeah, yeah. Now you know how we business. feel, dummy. <laughs> tough business. What's man? up, dummy? Now you know how we feel. Man, alive. Okay, I've said I don't want it to be true, but I find it increasingly true. Mysterians don't like people. Mm-hmm. The harder on the left you, or the farther out on the left you are, the more likely you are to just not like people. They're a terrible inconvenience to you. It's all over the internet today that the New York Times uh, has hired a new tech writer, Sarah Jeong. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're standing by the hiring of a Sarah Jeong, despite several derogatory tweets of hers aimed at white people, which were recently unearthed on her Twitter account. Let me, let me add, uh, before I get into this, no matter what you do on Twitter, who's on line one? Is that the guy who was holding for the fishing story? No. Oh. No matter what you do on Twitter, apparently there are people out there that will unearth you, uh, uh, will reveal you. They're, they're looking to trip you up. Sometimes even people you work with. Right. Uh, well, this woman wrote things like, oh, man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. Uh, she, it, But I can't even read some of them. It's just, uh, you know, I was equating Trump to Hitler before it was cool. Uh, I open my mouth to politely greet a Republican, but nothing but an unending cascade of vomit flows from my face. That's not even funny, though. It's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to pick the ones I can read that aren't full of the typical profanity. Sure. Are white people genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling goblins? Okay. These were known, apparently, to the New York Times when they hired her. Okay. Uh, We hired Sarah Gion because of the exceptional work she has done, her journalism, and the fact that she is a young Asian woman 
have made her a subject of frequent online harassment. For a period of time, she responded to that harassment by imitating the rhetoric of her harassers, the Times said in a statement. She regrets it, and the Times does not condone it. So in other words, the Times is saying two rights uh, or two wrongs here are not going to, uh, the two, two wrongs are making it right. Okay. Uh, it's okay that she did this because apparently she's Asian. Got it. Mm-hmm. And with the New York Times, we're just going to forget it. It's not a problem. She's she's left enough where it doesn't matter. It doesn't rules don't apply. Jong's Twitter feed is filled with a host of messages that could be construed as racist and offensive. Jong compared dumbass and then a profanity white people to dogs and said that old white men were lemmings. And she she believes white people will go extinct soon. And then she used the hashtag cancel white people. Okay. White people own the New York Times, honey. I engaged in what I thought of at the time as counter-trolling. While it was intended as satire, I deeply regret that I mimicked the language of my harassers, which is uh, preposterous because, and I'm not interested enough to know, but she would have to show us the tweets that she uh, ostensibly was mimicking. She hasn't done that. Right. These comments were not aimed at a general audience because general audiences do not engage in harassment campaigns. I can understand how hurtful these posts are out of context and would not do do it again, she said. Does she mean hurtful to white people? I have or no are idea. we not supposed to? We, we can't be offended because we're white. The Times on Wednesday issued a glowing press release announcing that Jiang would join the editorial board, touting her as staying ahead of every turn on that vast beat as the Internet. The South Korean-born Jiang, who previously worked at The Verge, was hired as the lead technology writer for the paper. Verge staffer Elizabeth Lopato congratulated Jong on the new gig, but added, just a shame for all of us, uh, her Twitter is about to be a lot less fun. So, in other words, her friends thought that was fun, too. And now now her friends are realizing that, yeah, she probably won't do that anymore. <sighs> Jong has uh, sent more than 103,000 tweets since joining social media platform. Many of the offensive comments are from 2014, and the account has recently been active with a commentary on a variety of topical issues, including 3D printers and Proposition 8. Jong uh, isn't the first gray lady hire to come under fire for offensive rhetoric on social media. Back in February, the editorial board fired Quinn Norton hours after touting her as its next lead opinion writer to cover the power, culture, and consequences of technology. When old tweets she'd sent were unearthed, Norton had sent several controversial tweets, once claiming she was friends with various neo-Nazis and retreating a word deemed derogatory to African Americans. Once the offensive tweets surfaced, Times editorial page editor James Bennett issued a statement that Norton had been fired. After her termination, Norton called the situation a context collapse, implying her views have been misinterpreted. Uh, it's the time. So the Times, uh, Quinn Norton was a Caucasian female. Okay. So when the Times got wind of what she had said. Yeah, you're sorry, you're done. She's fired. Yep. The Times apparently, and I don't know this for a fact, but it seems plausible given the reach of technology today, that the New York Times was entirely aware of what Jiang had done on her Twitter account, but hired her and said, well, you know, she's been harassed herself because she's Asian. So it's the Times. It's this New York Times. This is why I don't read the New York Times. These are the people they hire. I don't want any part of it. So there's no consistency. I read the New York Times only for the obituaries mm-hmm. because they have the world's best obituaries. 
other than that, I don't, I, I will not spend a nickel on that paper. Okay. I, 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 I once held it in esteem along with everybody who ever was a reporter who's my age. They all wanted to work for the New York I Times. I did. Uncover the big I story. I applied there. I went to the building. You get an interview? Nope. Okay. Sat outside and looked through the window? No, I got in the lobby, and that's about as far as I got. Big fog. Right. But it's 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 not his corduroy jacket and his patches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his I had long one of those. hair. I had one. Of those. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not an exaggeration uh, to to point out that they are quite quite actively pursuing a Mysterian agenda, and that there it's okay that this gal is a complete fool because she's Asian. We'll protect that. It wasn't okay that this Quinn Norton was a complete fool because she was white. We can get away with getting rid of her. What standards? The New York Times has no standards. Right. It's amazing to me. What? Who's line one, Chris? That'd be Joe. Joe? Hi there. Hi. I'm wondering if you were aware, under the heading of Heard It Here First, the potential renaming of Fort Snelling. Hadn't heard that one yet. In today's Star Trib, there is an article about Joseph McGill, mm-hmm. who is a historian that has been invited by the Minnesota Historical Society to come to Minnesota and spend a night at Fort Snelling, where Dred Scott of the Dred Scott decision mm-hmm. spent some time. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in the article, now think of Lake Calhoun, yep. that Colonel Joshua Snelling acquired slaves while serving there, oh. and that American Indians occupied the land for centuries before white settlement. Well, all of which is true. If that doesn't scream Lake Calhoun... Yep. And bring up the possibility of Fort Ibidabaduba. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what was. Uh, he he is self-appointed himself to sleep in areas where slaves slept. Mm-hmm. And he's going around the country doing that and lecturing and educating some people about some... All we normally hear about Fort Snelling is uh, what a great deal it was. But it is probably little known that uh, there were some 40 slaves there at one time also. Yeah, I didn't know that. uh, But that doesn't surprise me, and it doesn't alarm me, and that wouldn't cause me to change the name of it. Me neither, but nor would it have caused me to change the name of Lake Calhoun. No, I've said all along, but the same thing will happen here. To change the name of Lake Calhoun, you had to have a case, and they didn't have a case. It was just their own inflated virtue. The case would have had to be that the lake was named for Calhoun precisely because he favored slavery. And that's not why it was named for him at all. That's the same thing now. Now you're going to have to prove that Fort Snelling was named for Snelling precisely because slaves were kept there, which is not the case. Well, they did it once. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, well, we've we've said all along wow. that uh, once the Mysterians are to bring about the mystery, you have many 
tasks before you, chief among them, not only revising and sanitizing history, you have to eliminate it. Because if you can eliminate it, you will build a case for eliminating the Constitution. And you will have a country fallen into the hands of Mysterians that will not be the United States. than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. I have this, this uh, new chief offsite correspondent. Yeah, the new one. Carrie, settle down. There's a ship named for Fort Snelling. USS Fort Snelling was a Thomaston-class dock landing ship of the U.S. Navy named for Fort Snelling at the confluence of the Minnesota and Mississippi Rivers. So there. Okay. There was a uh, a paddle boat as well, the Josiah Snelling. Yes, Tom. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Just a quick comment about that horrible person hired by the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no better evidence you need than that the folks in the ivory tower clearly only spend t- time with people with whom they agree. Mm-hmm. These are people who have never had a beer, attended a cocktail party, gone to a baseball game with someone who remotely differs in opinion. Hence, they're surprised that people would be upset. And I think what's what's the most sinister is something you and I have discussed before, which is you're as aware as I am that we now officially have an approved other to hate in this nation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've said it a thousand times. It never ends well, yet history is bound to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. So best of luck to you. Yep, thank you. To me, the most telling quote among these elites, hey, Reavers, Bruh. look, tell me where this Sarah Gion went to school. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, last name J-E-O-N-G. J-E-O-N-G. Which failed academy? produced her because to me the most telling quote in there she used to work at something called verve i I don't know what that is university of california berkeley and harvard law school rest my case got it (laughs) where's the telling quote she used to work at verve uh oh she's full of hate huh verge I said Verve, it's Verge. Verge staffer Elizabeth Lopato congratulated Jiang on the new gig, but added, just a shame of, for all of us, her Twitter is about to be a lot less fun. Well, so that was so you, you see, Tom, Tom is referring to what... They only hang out with each other. So in other words... And she would send out a tweet like that. <laughs> and Elizabeth Lopato thought it was marvelous that she thinks uh, white people should live underground and grovel like dogs or whatever, whatever the hell she I met saying. a Republican and vomit came out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, I met a Republican <laughs> and I threw up. That's the only, and then she said, I didn't intend those for a general audience. Well, doesn't she know how? She, she's that's a technology writer. Right. She's a technology writer and she doesn't know that's what Twitter does? Right. It's, it's No it, free pass. Well, no free pass. It's just... 
Okay, I might have given you bum advice on the on the former offsite course, chief offsite correspondents, uh, how to reach bulletin board. It's as simple as bb onward one word, bb onward dot com. Oh. Then you're into it, bb onward dot com. Got it. All right. I just can't keep up with all my offsite correspondence. I suppose we'll have to get Kelsey the you know the shirt and the decal and the. The map. We can just get the window cling from. Uh, yeah, from the other former offset correspondent. <laughs> He's not using it anymore. Randy Wayne White checks in. How's the red tide? Just talked about it on the air. Bad, but it's combination with fresh water. So, uh, so-called blue-green algae has multiple uh, multiplied the odor and probably added to the fish kill. Red tide in Gulf happens annually. First mentioned in the 1500s. Onshore winds this year have added to the problem. My last GL download was last week. Are you behind? No. Are you behind? No. We're every day. They're out there. Hmm. I wonder why he's not downloading. Uh, I don't know if you were ever familiar with a uh, National Geographic a photo that National Geographic ran of a starving <laughs> polar bear, and the caption was, "This is what climate change looks like." Trying to think when that was, and uh, well, I, I can't picture it in my mind's eye, but I'm sure I saw it. Well, uh, they're now uh, saying that uh, they had no business uh, running that uh, because uh, they there was no evidence that the uh, it it was filmed on an island in the Canadian Arctic. An emotive message appears, which reads, "This is what climate change looks like." Uh, I guess it was video they ran. Uh, the footage shows an emaciated bear stumbling around a barren-looking terrain searching for food. National Geo is now saying, I don't know who pushed back, but thank you for whoever, who, for whoever pushed back. National Ge- Geographic is now saying, there is no way to know for certain that this bear is on the verge of death, admitting that it went too far to say that's what climate change looked like. Man, uh, National Geographic's not supposed to get political. Wildlife, well, are you kidding me? Huh, uh, man. Wildlife photographer Christina Mittermeier, who filmed the striking images, has written an article in National Geo titled Starving Polar Bear Photograph Recalls What Went Wrong. She said, photographer Paul Nicklin and I are on a mission to capture images that communicate the urgency of climate change. Documenting the effects on wildlife hasn't been easy. Uh, And uh, we, uh, with that image, we thought we had found a way to help people imagine what the future of climate change might look like. We were perhaps naive. The people went. Uh, the picture went viral, and people took it literally. Uh, an editor's note at the top of the article read: "While science has established that there is a strong connection between melting sea ice and polar bears dying off, there is no way to know for certain why this bear was on the verge of death." So, in other words, it, they just politicized the photo of the bear to to fully embrace their agenda, which is man's ruining the earth. Got it. All right, and that they don't know why that bear was hungry. They have no idea. Right. It was just, or maybe just had really good could metabolism. Been, it could have been terribly wounded. They have no idea. None. Right. Then they should just keep their mouth shut. But they're not, not going say to. say anything. They're not going to. That's why you got to push back, push back, push back, push back, push back. What time is it? Oh, look at the time. We'll be back shortly. But now, thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. Well, you know, if you paid close attention, you could tell that photo of the bear was bogus because, you know, they said he was starving in the caption and everything. But if you zoomed in on the picture, he's holding a bottle of Coca-Cola. 
That's the one. I mean, you know, there's... It's a great campaign. That's true. There was nothing wrong with that. Uh, Mixed day in the stock market today. We look like we're going to get a mostly higher close. The Dow Jones Industrial Average keeps wavering between gains and losses. Right now, the index is down six points. The NASDAQ Composite is up 89, and the S&P 500 is ahead 13 points. Specialty retailer Brookstone filed for bankruptcy protection today and said it would close its 102 mall-based stores. Those stores were popular places for people to hang out when they spent a lot of time in malls, but as shopping moved online, foot traffic in Brookstone stores declined. Brookstone said its 35 airport locations are still performing well, and it will put them up for sale. Comcast and Amazon announced an agreement to launch Prime Video on Comcast's Xfinity X1 platform, giving Xfinity customers access to thousands of additional premium shows and movies over the internet. The deal marks the first time that Amazon Prime Video content will be integrated on a multi-channel platform. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thank you very much, Mr. Vale. We'll talk to you in one hour. We do appreciate that. Hey, 1500ESPN.com has got a lot going on. What? You don't know about Sportscaster Idol? You don't know you can vote for your favorite Sportscaster Idol video and audio? Well, go to 1500ESPN.com and find out how you can make someone extremely famous by that Sunday morning sports talk show from 7 to 8 a.m. Sports ca- Commencing Garage Logic segment number eight. Here's John Hyde. Thanks, Joe. It's partly sunny and 68 degrees now. The Twins off today. They'll open up a three-game series against the Royals at Target Field tomorrow night. This is a news report brought to you by <laughs> It's Just Lunch, Joe. It's like I have my own announcer. I know. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Have you guys uh, heard uh, Thad Levine? He's, I think he was on with Patrick, and he was on with the fellas in the morning, Judd and Phil. Yep. Uh-huh. I, I'm not I, – I don't like his – Patter. It's just really. It's just corporate. oh, I love. Oh, I love I just, listening. I thought to him. I wasn't here. I didn't learn anything. No, he's he's it's a boilerplate. No, I don't think it is. I he, hope not. He's a very, and I don't mean this in a bad way. He's just a very calculated human being. Mm-hmm. Very sharp guy. Well, uh, I, I think the jury's out on that. Uh, I disagree. I know a lot of Twins fans are upset that they sold off pieces, but this was a club that wasn't going to the postseason anyway. No, you gave up. You're eight games behind a team in the worst division in baseball, and you gave up. And you had about a 1.5% chance of catching that, them. That team also just improved themselves right. greatly by getting Brad Hand in yeah. a trade and Andrew Miller. The well, I'm other, sorry I brought it up, boys. Was, okay, I'm wrong. It was probably the best lefty no. reliever in baseball uh, is coming back from the D. Uh, disable yeah. us next week, you're not so. wrong you share the same sentiment that, that a lot of twins followers do yeah they, i missed the interview what do you say well <laughs> i don't uh, john continue i'm sorry i brought it up it. uh play, i have nothing personal against the guy sure, sure i just felt i was listening to corporate speak here's the thing the, the, this administration took over a team and a franchise that had just lost 103 ball games they massively overachieved last year. They they still needed to add significant depth to this organization, mm-hmm. and, and they, they and, and they have. And their two youngsters who you know are supposed to be the cornerstone are not existent right I, now. I get so. it. I'm sorry I brought it up. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. At the uh, bridge. God Almighty. <laughs> you did ask for an answer. You did kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
at the Bridgestone Invitational today. Uh, Kyle Stanley's in the lead at 7-under. Patrick Cantley's in second at 6-under. There are a lot of guys tied at 5-under. Also a lot of guys tied at 4-under, including uh, Tiger Woods. I'm turning it on uh, here in the TCL broadcast studios. Define you. You what? He said, I'm turning turning it it on. (laughs) Well, I'll need help, but we'll get it out. What channel is nine in here? He's got the staff. I own that TV. It's so easy to work. Yeah. Uh, news notes from today. Well, they're today. great TVs. I'm just not a technological... Uh, I'm not... Really? Why aren't, what? Uh, what? What? We were talking about that off the air. Why aren't sports writers still just doing filing reports with a typewriter and a coupler? <laughs> you know, you guys always get the latest technology from the newspaper. It's a, it's a wonder how you guys advance. It's a puzzle. News... <laughs> News notes from today. Federal and state authorities in armored vehicles and unmarked cars swarming onto a sprawling Air Force base in Ohio today. And coming amid reports of an active shooter at a medical center. Workers at the base were told to shelter in place on the sprawling base. The Bureau Wright of Al- Patterson? Uh, the, yes. Wright Patterson Air Wright Force Patterson Base. Wright Patterson Air Force Base. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives said via Twitter it was among several agencies responding. A video from outside the hospital showing service members and others standing outside the building after the base said emergency workers responded to reports of an active shooter. An announcement was made telling some people to leave the building with hands on their head. Wright Patterson sent a tweet saying it was responding to what they called a reported incident. Stacy Geiger with the base's public affairs office said the base was on lockdown but had no other information. Local police directing traffic away from the base, which is Ohio's largest single-site employer with more than 27,000 civilian employees and military personnel. The mother of a missing Iowa college student pleading today with anyone who may have abducted her daughter to let her go and instead claim a pot of reward money that's ballooned to $172,000. Laura Calderwood said during a news conference that she believes her daughter, 20-year-old Molly Tibbetts, is alive but has potentially been kidnapped. She announced the new reward amount, which was spiked from $2,000 offered earlier this week after donations poured in from across the nation. Tibbetts' disappearance has baffled investigators since she went missing more than two weeks ago. Calderwood said the money would be paid to anyone who provides info that leads to her daughter's safe return. Tibbetts was last seen on the evening of July 18th when she went for a routine jog in her hometown of Brooklyn, Iowa, town of about 1,400 people in central Iowa. She was dog-sitting that evening for her boyfriend and her boyfriend's brother, who were out of town, at a home where she was living this summer after finishing up her second year at the University of Iowa. Reported missing the next morning when she didn't show up for work at a daycare in a nearby town. The FBI and dozens of investigators from state and local agencies are working on the case, but so far have hit dead ends. The latest came today when police confirmed a possible sighting of her at a Missouri truck stop turned out not to be her. Horrible story from southwestern Minnesota. Comfrey police report a nine-year-old boy was killed in a playground accident late yesterday. A release from Comfrey Police Chief Eric Schwarzrock said Gavin Ludwig was transported to Springfield Medical Center, but resuscitation efforts proved unsuccessful. Uh, Authorities responding to a medical call about 5.30 last night. When they got to the playground, they found the boy tangled in a swing. Oh, my God. He was pronounced dead at the medical center. Was he alone? Was he by himself? The police are not saying that yet. They haven't said if anyone is. uh, Oh, my God. A bipartisan group of senators introducing... It ain't right, is it? No. No, no that's Kids should not die on a playground. A bipartisan group of senators introducing legislation today to impose new sanctions on Russia for interfering in U.S. elections, including penalties that would affect Russian sovereign debt and energy projects and require a report on President Vladimir Putin's assets and net worth. 
Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, an ally of President Trump, said in a statement the senator's goal is to impose crushing sanctions and other measures against Putin's Russia until he ceases and desists meddling in the U.S. electoral process, stops cyber attacks, and removes Russia from Ukraine. A contentious press briefing today at the White House. When asked if she'd say that the press wasn't the enemy of the people, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders instead complained about the physical dangers she's faced in her job and her unprecedented need for Secret Service protection and blamed the reporters in the room for causing it. Ultimately, she sidestepped the question about the enemy of the people, saying she was at the briefing room podium to relay her president's views, not to state her own. Earlier in the day, Ivanka Trump disagreed with the comment that's often used by her father, the president, asked at an event in the museum in Washington if she thinks the media is the enemy of the people. She said, no, I don't. I've certainly received my fair share of reporting on me personally that I know not to be fully accurate. So I do have some gripes, but no, I do not feel the media is the enemy of the people. Do you uh, have your email open, Mr. Mayor? Yes. <laughs> Did you see the chief offsite correspondent's latest email? This is what climate change looks like? Yeah. Yeah, he's got the picture of the emaciated bear and then a picture of Sid and Bud Green. They're, they're both looking, you know, their age. Got it. Yeah. Bud have his garage sale yet, or is that coming up around know. the corner? No. <laughs> Bud's in a little tough stretch right now. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. That yeah, is true. I forgot about that. The youngest Spitfire pilot to fly in the Battle of Britain has died at the age of 96. Wow. Jeffrey Wellham, who was just 18 when he joined the RAF in 1939, died at his home in Cornwall, age 96. The decorated airman was approaching his 97th birthday. He served on the front line with 92 squadron, and some of his first missions included dogfights above London and the home counties, all of which became known as the Battle of Britain. Jeffrey went on to be awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. He was promoted to flight commander with 65 squadron and later led eight Spitfires to relieve the island of Malta during the war. Plus, we just lost the gal who was the female Spitfire Deliverer. Really? Yep. Didn't know that. Uh, Charlie Sheen says he's having a difficult time paying child support for four of his children and say he's being blacklisted. Uh, Court documents uh, say the star filed a request to modify his payments to ex-wives Denise Richards and uh, Brooke Mueller. The 52-year-old shares two daughters with Richards and twin sons with Mueller, says he can't afford to make his monthly child support payments because he's, quote, been unable to find steady work and has been blacklisted for many aspects of the industry. He's had a significant reduction, he says, in earnings and is suffering from a dire financial crisis. He allegedly has less than $10 million to his name, according to the uh, statement. Amelia won't help him out? or Went on to claim he's unable to pay several debts due to his finances. That's a shame. Uh, <laughs> is Dave Dahl available? Uh, yes, yes. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 68 degrees, heading for a high today in the mid-70s. Sunshine is really helping us warm up in a hurry here. So we're going to make it probably to 74, 75 degrees for the afternoon high. A few clouds left out there tonight, low down to 62. A very comfortable night tonight again. Tomorrow, though, the heat and humidity starts to come at us. We have a warm front in the morning. Could touch off an isolated shower or thunderstorm along that front. Otherwise, just hot and humid. 89 for the afternoon high tomorrow with two points up in the upper 60s possibly close to 70. Tomorrow night's low only down to 72 and then 85 on Saturday. Showers and storms become a little bit more likely Friday night late 
and scattered through Saturday. Early and again, late in the day. The middle part of the day on Saturday should be all right. Sunday is probably the better day of the two now. It looks like um, most of the thunderstorms will be done by early in the morning on Sunday. Sunday's high in the afternoon up to 87. We're going to stay in the middle 80s next week with an isolated threat of a shower or storm just about each day. Uh, heading through next week. So again, the warm weather continues. It doesn't look like we're going to cool down much until late next week, maybe. Uh, but until that time, above average, the average high is right around 83. 68 right now, and I have the records for the day, Joe. August 2nd. 99. 99? 1988. That's three days in a row for 1988. Yeah, that was a hot one. 46. 46. In 1971. 1971. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Randy Wayne White just texted me, Rook, uh, uh, providing the name of Dr. Brian LaPointe. Yeah. Uh, and a phone number. Yes. One of the world's leading experts on harmful algae bloom had drinks last week. He was early Doc Ford advisor. Great on air if you need an expert. Well, we'll keep that uh, yeah, in the will. event that we ever feel it necessary to discuss uh, the red tide. Uh, I don't like the sound of the red tide no. and smelly dead fish. I'm going to tip my uh, I'm going to tip my cap to France of all places. Pourquoi? Why? As of next month. French students will no longer be allowed to use smartphones or tablets while at school. The phone, uh, the law was passed Monday and will apply to school children between 3 and 15 years old. That's fantastic because phones are ruining a generation. Yeah. The phone banning law was originally part of President Emmanuel Macron's election campaign and was first introduced to prevent further screen addiction among young people in France. From the new school year in September... Students will not be able to use their mobile phones at all during school hours, even during break and mealtimes. Fantastic. However, children will be able to bring their phones to school, but it must be handed to a teacher and collected at the end of the day. Hmm. That must take place here. Uh, I know my seventh grade boy has got to turn in his phone when he goes to his uh, grade school. This has caused logistical fears from those against the law since 90% of children in France own a phone. Since students will not be allowed to carry their phone in their bags or pockets, teachers are worried about how feasible this law will be to enforce. But this isn't the first time France has introduced a phone ban. In 2010, a law was passed which prevented students from using their smartphones during teaching hours, but they could carry the phones in their bag with it switched off. The latest law expands the ban and will completely forbid students from having their phone on them during school hours and, as I said, applies during meal and break times. Uh, That's fantastic. I also know that at that little trade school in Mendota Heights, that all-boys school. The old welding program, don't you? Yeah, they they, uh, require uh, zero phone usage. Your phone is taken away if it's taken out. There has been worry surrounding the amount of time children spend on their phones worldwide, but France is one of the first countries to crack down on smartphone usage among young people. Uh, You can talk to parents of 15-year-olds and hear horror stories. Hmm. That the... uh, That's the one possession uh, these young kids could not live without. You mean horror stories as far as... uh, what, what what happens? How the parent believes that the phone is impacting the child's life, man. Uh, socially, culturally, uh, it's just uh, the, the the kids are becoming too dependent on the screen instead of exposing themselves to other people. Right. 
The, the kids are becoming too dependent on the screen for their entertainment. The kids are becoming too dependent on the screen for their contact with people. Which is why a parent must, must stress how important it is that when you meet someone, look them in the eye, you make a statement, you you have to. Because kids will, that is a, a trait that's going to be lost on the youth of America. Or around the world, not even America. Where they won't look up, they'll just say, hey, and keep going. You've got, they have to stop. And it's not easy because kids have, even mine are included, have got their nose in the phone. But I, they've learned that they have to be normal members of society. Normal humans? Yeah, I hope so. All right. Okay. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. And you're about to. Scientists now believe they understand why the Bermuda Triangle has claimed so many ships and lives. Researchers from the University of Southampton in the United Kingdom yes. claim that rogue waves are responsible for sinking hundreds of ships and, in, and ending thousands of lives in the 270,000 square mile section of the Atlantic. To test their theory, they built a model of the USS Cyclops, which went missing in 1918. Uh, they tested it indoors. The test found that waves, which can grow to be over 100 feet high, uh, quickly inundated the boat and caused it to sink. Dr. Simon Boxall, an ocean and earth scientist, explained that the Bermuda Triangle is an area where storms and currents from three different directions can converge and create the perfect conditions for, for rogue waves to form. And this part surprises me. The larger the ship, the more likely it is to be destroyed by a massive wave because it snaps the boat in half. Well, that's uh, that's power. The bigger the boat gets, the more damage is done. If you can imagine a rogue wave with peaks at either end, there is nothing below the boat, so it snaps in two. Wow. All wow. this time, people thought it was aliens. Bam. It's, it's, uh, it's the- I can't imagine the force of that. There are storms to the south and north which come together, and if there are additional ones from Florida, it can be potentially a deadly formation of rogue waves. Really? Rogue. Really? <laughs> rogue waves. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. Sports is coming up uh, shortly.